0: Welcome to Where Wine Takes You. Yes, we are a wine podcast. We're also a people podcast, a stories podcast, a live your dreams, love what you do podcast. And of course, love where you do it. And in this case, we are talking, celebrating, and enjoying Paso Robles Wine Country. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Harvest in full swing. It's hard to get a winemaker or maybe an owner slash winemaker who is in the middle of harvest because they're busy pulling long hours. Super early all the way to super late. They don't even have time to shave. You should see some of these guys and girls. No, I'm kidding. But you get what I'm saying. These guys are busy. So today we wanted to do a show that was a little bit different. We got two folks that, although still spend a lot of time in the vineyards, their day to day right now isn't 110% harvest. Both folks have been on the show. We're calling this episode Wine Dish Decanted" because we're going to get into everything. In fact, we are going to get into some wine. Our friends at Wines on Main, a brand new wine shop in Templeton, hooked us up with four bottles that we're going to blind taste. I am so bad at this. My only refuge is that at least one of the people, at least one of our guests, I know is a lot smarter than me. Billy, who knows? He? What? Well, I'm kidding. He's a lot smarter than me at this, too. I just know when it comes to blind tasting, there is nobody probably more worse at this than me. Everyone gets like, oh, no, we're blind tasting. Like They feel like they have to perform. We're just going to enjoy these wines, but we got four wines. The idea was to kind of guess where the price point was on these wines. But the price was marked on the glass bottle in... What was probably akin to a dry erase marker, because you'll hear during the episode, my paws pretty much wiped the prices off, I think, three of the bottles. So there's only one bottle they actually got the price of. But just to kind of decipher where these wines are from, because the wines that we're drinking are not all from Paso today. So, Wines on Main, Jennifer, brand new store. I got to say thank you for uh, hooking us up with these wines. What a sweet gift that Wes Hagen and Billy Grant, our guests today... We're able to enjoy. Now, both those gentlemen have been on the podcast before. Wes Hagen, gosh, it must have been a couple years ago, but he's just so smart, and I love listening to him talk about wine. Billy Grant, former wine industry person of the year. Last year, McPrice Myers, he knows Paso like the back of his hand. He travels the country sharing about Paso and Paso Wines and his wines. So I thought he was a perfect guest, not only because he's great at conversation. They're both fun. They're both smart. They both know what they're doing. So we're just going to kind of shoot the stuff. You know, talk wine, talk about what they're seeing on the road, pet peeves, maybe sift through some of the BS in the wine industry. We all know there's plenty of that. So that's literally what we're doing on this episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, would love for you to subscribe, rate five stars and review the podcast. It means so much to us. So if you go on to Apple Podcasts, also, if you want to ask a question, maybe give an idea, throw down five stars and we can read your comment right here on the show when you leave a review. Coming up, our Travel Paso Spotlight. Looking forward to chatting with J.D. Gonzalez. He is one of the founders and one of the owners of a company called Third Wheel Tours. These guys are going through the vineyard, doing these tours with like those little motorcycle sidecars. Super cool. They're big enough for two people. You could spread out. It's almost kind of like riding Splash Mountain. Like you maybe get in there and then like, you know, like if I was getting in there, I'd get in the back and then have my girl get right in the front. Kind of like you're sitting in like, you know, the Matterhorn or Splash Mountain or something. That's what I kind of liken it to, like a log ride. But how much fun are these little sidecars? And they're taking them through vineyards now. The guy kind of figured out how to do it, made his own, is manufacturing his own bikes with sidecars just for this. Came to Paso. live out this dream. So we're going to meet J.D. Gonzalez coming up after the conversation in our Travel Paso Spotlight. All right. So I show up to Sidecar in San Luis Obispo. It's one of my favorite craft cocktail bars. They are completely closed. They have this like speakeasy lounge underneath the bar. Last time I recorded a show here, maybe two years ago, it was with Bill Armstrong. The Owner of Epic Wines. Fantastic. One of my all time favorite episodes. It just, the area lends to great conversation. I'd really encourage you to go back and listen to that one. If you've been in Slow, you remember the old Creekside or the old Gropolos? It's a legendary spot right on the creek, and they're closed on this day. So we have this whole place to ourselves. I thought it'd be great because Wes is coming up from Santa Maria. Billy is coming south from Paso wine country, and I live in San Luis Obispo, so I scored. I just drove down one street, hit sidecar, went downstairs, brought Georgie, opened these bottles blindly, given to us again by Wines on Maine. Filled up these glasses, hit the record button, and had some great conversation. Let's go.
1: Give me that You know
2: what I told Mac when I left? I go, Adam did this to fuck with me and embarrass me. Because <laughs> you know what Mac said, Max said? Max said, Billy, Wes is going to kick your ass. <laughs> no, humble. That's humble what Max said to me. He goes, Mr. He goes Billy, he goes, Wes has forgotten more about wine than we know. So, especially what you know, he said. <laughs>
0: So good, so true. Wes, we had on before, God, it's been a couple years since being on the podcast, right? When was the last time we, oh, well,
3: you were in my we my house. I think it was mid-COVID, and in the middle of a yard. My backyard, yeah. In middle of a yard, like 10 feet apart.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. And then uh, <laughs> Billy and I, you've been on the podcast twice before, he was person of the year, wine industry person of the year for Paso Wine, am I right? That thank right. you,
2: thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be here all week. And then, if um, your waitress doesn't try the prime rib, obviously, what the with, veal. I just got home on Sunday, and I hadn't been, and I'll be home for eight days. But I have not been home more than thirty six hours since Man. Labor Day. Jeez, Chanel must be excited. Must it's, be so- <laughs> it's it's harvest, and you know. No, what is that I mean, That's got to be tough. To not be home. She gets to, you know, she gets three cats on the bed. You know, every once in <laughs> a while she gets Coco up there, and uh, she sleeps well. And she's, uh, you know, she's and, and and on the other hand, it, she, she's got a lot to do, and she she understands that I'm pretty passionate about what I'm doing right now, you and are. she's excited about what Mac and I are up to. And, uh, That's cool. so she's, uh, she couldn't be more supportive of, uh, of me doing that. And then, you know, her and I are still in a lot of similar markets. So I'm getting, you know, as we, you know, when the spring comes, then it'll be okay, you know, travel together to a little bit. Work. Let's go to Florida and work. Let's go to Montana and work. Let's go to Atlanta and work. So you guys might Let's like to do Atlanta each like
0: as Russell calls them like a drag along for an afternoon, but they meet up for dinner at the hotel or uh, whatever, yeah, and...
2: or, or take out the, the mutually take out. Oh, the there you go. For dinner, we do that a lot. Um, Smart, because you know when I first started with Janelle, she didn't have any distribution. She just had her mother's backyard, so you know she just had the Zin, the one bottle, and uh, so we travel together and we would each take a bag, and I'd get her somebody, I'd have somebody. She was she'd sell four vines with a bottle of her Zin in the lineup, and I'd put a bottle of Zin in mine. Mm. And so, because I was always talking about the Ducey Vineyard, because we had Biker, we had Anarchy, we had Ducey Single vineyards Zin. Oh, Bikers in. And then I would like, say, oh. and I and guess what? I, I, and I brought a Ducey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and and, and it went well. And we, we sold That's together so that cool. way for, for, God, the better part of two years. I didn't know that. That's such oh, a great yeah. story. Because she sold almost everything wholesale in the beginning, because she had no place to do it in town. So... She she has a good feel for how all that works too, but she's only in a few markets that she likes to be in, and so those we make we we, we definitely go out and work as together as a brand. You get to like, so that like pick
0: your markets that you're in, so because you like to go there. Oh, I got family there. I got friends there. I went to college if there. If
2: you if you have uh, if you if you've uh, a certain uh, if you're comfortable enough with what's happening locally with what you're doing. Th- then you can go do that and you can go and be picky that way. I mean, if you're building like a national brand, then you're kind of going out there. Yeah. Um, I've always been fortunate. The people that I work with out in the marketplace, you know, um, even though I've opened 30 states and with all these new new distribution relationships of most people I hadn't known before. I didn't go back to a lot of my old distribution relationships. Mm-hmm. Only a few of them. I enjoy the people I work with. I find generally with, Yeah. I find they'd be generally good people, generally great to hang out with. And if you have good wine, if you have good wine, and and you're and you're true to your craft like Mac is, and you're making good, honest wine, they appreciate the hell out of it. Yeah. And uh, so I find people are really appreciating Mac what Mac does, and his story, and he's kind of a secret because he's one of those kind of guys you haven't really a lot of people haven't heard of. Yeah. You know, and which is great, even though he's been you know doing oh, yeah. it for 23 years Yeah, uh, but it is kind of fun and that from that perspective so that's what I'm spending my days nights and weekends doing bro
3: lots of travel and you're working the market too Wes yeah so uh, working now with Native Nine Wines uh, left uh, Jay Wilkes and uh, Bien Nacido Miller family about uh, just over a year ago was working up in Paso for uh, Nita and Kunal uh, at LXV Love loving them. that brand sure. Love they started people. with they started with like $10,000 and never spent another dollar I mean they are like the greatest business people, anyone you say welcome to the wine business, you do know this is a horrible business, right? <laughs> of course, Kunal and, and, and Nita all of a sudden change the whole thing and, and succeed from the first barrel they make. Um, love what they do up here. I'm down in Santa Maria right now living in Orca, working for James Ontiveros, ninth generation. He's a legend. Oh, Dude, yeah. his, his ninth generation ancestor, Joseph Ontiveros came into California in 1781 Dude, and wow. built Los Angeles. And then built (laughs) the Presidio in Santa Barbara in 1791, buried their first child, and then had Patricio. Patricio became a farmer. He became a a, a rancher. And he was the eighth generation ancestor. And he uh, got enough um, land and enough uh, um, stock that the Spanish government gave him the San Juan de Cajon de Santa Ana land grant, which was 40,000 acres of land in 18. 1837 that included Anaheim, Santa Fe Springs, Placentia, and Fullerton, sold it all in 1855 during a drought for $2,000. All those cities, $2,000, and moved up to Santa Maria to the land grant and renamed the Tepiscay River Santa Maria because they arrived on August 15th which is the feast day of Santa Maria and boom all of a sudden 30 years later they renamed the city Santa Maria after what the Ontiveros called it on the day that they arrived no way what's the okay. history that's
2: fantastic yeah huh so no and so what secondly fantastic recollection I love that story that's that's a great story to sit down and talk to people as you're sharing
3: wine with them. Absolutely. And they love that history. I love it's legit, man. I love to say that it's in it in, in, in the in in our sort of goal in the wine business of becoming legitimate and authentic, we, we don't we don't need a PR company to tell us the story. In fact, if we would have hired a PR company and not had nine generations in 1781 and all this stuff they would have like heard this story and said no one will ever believe it this is like this is a million dollar PR story that no one's ever told because my boss James Ontiveros is the most humble amazing cowboy on the planet earth he really is and he would not yeah. he would not he, w- he would say I won't bore you with my family history but there's nothing boring about it it's one of the most compelling stories in wine yeah. if you look at if you look at who else who what other wine comp what, what other wine family has been in California California since 1781
0: I mean, I, we've sat next to him at dinners and I remember one time during wine speak he was nice enough to pile me in his truck because I couldn't drive back to the Carlton and he was just I mean, he's in he, it's like oh my god I'm driving with James Anivera It's yeah, so
3: cool yeah I remember just coming up and knowing a, a little bit about the native nine wines opening in. Two, he started the wines in 2003 at clopepe we started in 2000 so we started about the same time in the business and I just remember tasting those native nine wines that Paul Wilkins was making back in the day and just going man these wines are spectacularly elegant. You know, when I came on about a year ago, we tried to find three words because I like I like focus. And so we came up with deliberate, historic, and sublime. These are uh, amazing wines and I'm just so lucky to be here. We only make 750 cases a year, 10 barrels of chard, 10 barrels of pinot, 10 barrels of cab. So if I don't get this brand locked down in the next three years, I don't deserve to be uh, employed. Oh God! Oh yeah. No. The, the, if you've ever, or if you've, if you've ever interested in tasting some of the best, do do get in contact with me because I'd love to have you up to the ranch and show you what we're doing. Are you still working with LXV and doing some Paso stuff? I mean, I'm doing Paso stuff in the sense that I'm going to be doing Cab Franc Day on. Uh, I think December. Which- I can't
2: believe we have a Cab Franc Day. I. Dig I, the hell out of Cab Franc. I do, yeah, too. I do too. I good it, Cab Franc is hard to beat. Well, and I think that I think it's I think it's shown itself at a pretty nice high level in Paso.
3: I think Cab Franc in Paso and Cab Franc in Santa Barbara might be better than the Cabernet Sauvignon. And I know that there's people at Dow and and probably Justin looking at me uh, sort of at the bottom. They of the They both pick a Cab Franc. They are. <laughs> I think the, the it's best. An ex- pa- I,
2: I, when I drank when I tried the Patrimony wines, the,
3: the, Franc. I, I
2: drank them with some p- pretty uh, some pretty interesting. Folks from Napa with some nice, some pretty uh, intense palates, man. I'll tell you what, everyone looked, I looked at each other. and We went, the Cab Franc is fire, smoking. Yeah, smoking. Yeah, yeah like, it I was. love everything else.
0: Yeah, no, I thought I thought so too. I mean, they're all they're all great wines, but no, I'm like this Cab Franc it was great.
3: Yeah.
2: I told Daniel that too I said that's the that's the best wine from your place I've ever had but
3: I'll tell you from a Santa Barbara kid who basically spent almost 30 years in Santa Barbara and then went and worked six months up in Paso Paso is amazing Paso was nothing like I expected I I went around and tasted at every winery I possibly could to get to know the people to sort of help feed the tastings at LXV and what I was expecting was big blousy wines and what I got was focus what I got was hospitality what I got was focus isn't that
0: funny because you've been in the know for so long yeah. how did you not know because I mean like I've been doing this for a while I mean I, it's the, the people like you said you know you get to know so much about Paso but you very in the know but was it just because you were in the know more in the Santa Barbara County area
3: it's yes that and yes it was a brand that I was not ready to exceed that they were doing things better than Santa Barbara uh, their hospitality infrastructure is better than Santa Barbara yeah. their restaurants are still probably better than Santa Barbara. Oh, we're, yeah. we're, we're coming up. We got our Michelin stars finally, and that's great. But you know, when I was up in Paso, I just felt this bonhomie between the people and the folks that are making the wine, selling the wine at the restaurants.
2: There is a lot of strong, com- strong camaraderie
3: between
2: um, several of our restaurant owners and a whole plethora of our winemaking yep. teams in, across the board. And that, that, that's always been quite strong.
3: Yeah. Oh, team the teamwork is fantastic and what I found is there's 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 sort of like clicks. There's like a, a clique with five brands in it, and those brands like share their wine club, and they share their they share their passion, they share their events, and they send each other to other people. And there's and then you know there's very intense like uh, like um, um, bus tours, and the bus tours have the folks that they work with, and those folks make sure that they're taken well, you know everyone's well ca- uh, taken care of. There's just a level of uh, expertise and a level um, of of uh, camaraderie that I think Santa Barbara can look at to improve. Santa Barbara's getting better and better and better. We're just a little bit more independent. Every brand in Santa Barbara likes to do its own thing. In Paso, they're better in, I think a little bit better than we are. Even though I will say Santa Barbara, especially with Allison and Phil at our Vintner's Association, are elevating right now. It's exciting to see where these you know places
0: are. It's exciting to see where Paso is. I wanted to get you guys together because you know normally if we're telling the story of a winery or with a winemaker, right now everyone's busy, harvest is going on. I to be fun to get two fun minds and personalities and talk just, you know, almost about everything but, and I'm, I'm glad we got out your brands, but I want to talk about everything from, from pet peeves to wine history to things that we should be reading on a label. I'm fascinated about listening to both you guys talk about what you see and what you kind of like when you're putting your finger on the pulse of what the Central Coast or Paso mm. is, is you know, what people are saying. Like, Billy, when, when you're going on, there's certain markets that you're like, oh my God, this market more than any other market is feeling. Paso.
2: Yeah. Um, the Northeast is feeling Paso. Mm. But Jerry Laura already, already, already had a good head of steam there. Justin Baldwin had a great head of steam there. And it was one of the places I could go even in 2005. And people weren't saying, so where in Napa is Paso? Mm. I've already had over 90 salespeople within the distribution units I have right now already come to Paso Robles and spend a day and a half with Mac being an agent of the team. That's a game changer to come, up, to come here and actually feel it and see it and touch it. And that's probably my biggest objective in 2024. Get more how many, people here. How many people from around the United States can I get here? I, I can get a lot of people here. And we're going to. And, uh, and when they come, I'm not going to like, you don't just trap them in your winery and say, you're going to drink all my wine all for two days or something like that. No, it's like, You've already kind of had our one. We're going to do that, and it's going out and visiting other places. It's it yeah. me out to other places, and people always wonder. They go, "So really, we're going to go visit these other places?" I go, "Yeah, and I'm going to come with you because I love those ones, and I want to hang out with that those yeah. people too." And
0: and then we're going to go to LPC. There's this really exactly, and, and,
2: but there's an, they get an appreciation for that, and they get a feel for Paso because you got to sell Paso first. Yeah, And they get a feel for Paso, and they go, "God, we love Paso. We're going to be thinking about Paso." Oh, and I have. This you know this Paso wine in my book, it's going to be on my mind because mind share is everything in the business we are. If we're out there building distribution relationships, because the book is I mean, god damn it, how thick's the the sales book? It's this thick. How do you that how do you get out. how do you get a little mind share? You get you know a handful of sales reps. If you're in the top ten things they might be thinking
3: about, you can be successful out there. You don't need every single sales rep yeah distributors don't sell don't don't build brands anymore I mean that's that's what they used to do and you used to jump on board with a new distributor or a new a new book and they would be like, all right, let's take the ride and they would really build you now they're looking for build uh, brands that are already built so when you bring them to the market, they already know so one thing that I love about this industry is to be able to go someplace as we're not Napa, we're not Sonoma, but we are Paso and Santa Barbara, and now we're standing up showing the world that we're making wines with better QPR than just about anywhere outside of maybe the Loire uh, or Alsace. What's QPR? QPR quality-to-price quality price ratio. Ratios. Exactly. So I'm just, sure got, I'm just testing you guys. Yeah, yeah. Just to make sure, I mean, I always tell people how much wine is when we're tasting it because it matters. Yeah. I mean, if a, if a wine is 10 bucks and it blows the top of my head off, I want five cases. I want to put that down for five it's years. It's so true. We're going to talk
0: about it later because wines on Main gave us four bottles blind, oh, and
3: we're going to go through them. Should we start now? Yeah. Well, let's,
0: let's, let's put something th- in a glass. Let's let it... Let's uh, just go through the whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what order. I don't
3: even know. And all these wines are going to uh, be a little bit better because... It all has a little native nine chardonnay in the glass.
0: <laughs> Are there any pet peeves you guys have? Because you guys will go to events and pour for people. Are there any pet peeves? I was talking to Allie from 15C. She was talking about like when you're when she's pouring wine for someone and they lift the glass oh, up towards yeah. the lip. Is that like,
3: a- like you don't know how to fucking pour? So. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and I pour the smallest pours of anyone. I pour about three quarters of an ounce at a tasting. I can get through most tastings with two bottles because I want people to think the wine is absolutely just precious well they need more. okay that's have smart, have, that's you ever smart. Seen, have you ever seen um uh posoni gary posoni pour yeah he pours you eight ounces right because he wants to pour the rest of that wine and get the hell out of the tasting yes but the problem is is you take two 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 tastes and then you pour the rest out i strongly believe if you're at a table tasting and you pour the wine into a dumper you will never buy that wine if you taste it and go Damn, I wish I had a little more of that. I yeah. love
2: it when they go when they, you're getting ready to maybe do the next one and they and, and, and accept one or two of the people go, "No, just I am not going to dump this." Like, yeah, right. Okay, that's a or I that's
3: gonna, not
2: a bad sign. Or,
3: no, sure. Or I'm going to swallow it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right?
2: oh, I mean, that's so interesting.
3: Yeah, and my, my big my uh, my thing is is when a, when a when a tasting becomes a drinking, I leave. The moment I hear the sound, cuz there's a sound. And it's about an hour and a half to two hours into a tasting when all of a sudden you hear this, roars, 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 roars. and it's this noise in the room. And it means no, it's got louder. no one is any longer evaluating wine. They're drinking, okay. which is cool. I love when, no, Bacchus, sure. when Bacchus takes over a room, you know, Bacchus be blessed. Let's, 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 let's make sure we get home safe, but let's have fun doing it. Yeah. But once people stop evaluating wine, I really don't have a reason to be there.
0: There are some kind of like psychological things that go down. Like you'll see some brands they'll, you know, and I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but I know like an HDR hospice to like within the first hour or in change Justin's gonna be gone like the wine's gonna be gone and I know it's obviously due to popularity but I've talked to some winemakers who are like oh yeah they tell me to bring you know a case of wine I bring eight bottles because I you know you there's something sexy about running out of wine is there yeah. not Billy or what?
2: Um, I i I've, there are certain people that always seem to run out of wine and it's kind of like to me it's like you know you
0: didn't bring enough wine?
2: It, and part of it is is like you know zip yeah I'm out of here yeah and so everyone notices when the wine's gone, and that's cool. And some people, you know, they may have more really expensive wine, and pouring a lot of bottles is definitely cost you some money. Right. So it's a, double, it's a double-edged sword. I, I personally have always been the opposite. I would pour. I've always made sure I had enough wine to keep on pouring. I don't know if it's, if it's, it's, the, it's this hospitality DNA. I don't like people coming by my table, and I'm not there. Or that, or I was, I was, I, 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 didn't have time, or I didn't want to share wine. So I always bring enough wine so that I can keep sharing wine. But I do agree when it gets partyish and Bacchus breaks out and and, and, and takes over the party, it's a it's a double-edged sword. Yes, they aren't going to taste any more wine, but there's something about the continued great experience they're having with wine, right? Because you're associating, you know, even even if you drink a great bottle of wine, most of the time you remember because something that happened while well, you had it. Either where you had it, yes. had it with a winemaker, had it with your best friend. They told you a great story about it. You had it, and you you associate it with a great experience, and that, that's why Zapp was such a double edged sword back in the day. It got Zap really, Zinfandel, really well
0: advocates of producers, big San Francisco event, largest Zinfandel tasting on earth. It
2: was, and um, and now it's gotten pretty stuffy, and it's gotten pretty expensive, and it's like four or five hundred bucks to go for the weekend, et cetera, et cetera. But now something's changed. Zinfandel used to be the grape that used to get people to come into the market, right? So they'd only pay 45 bucks, and they could go try 300 wines. They weren't going to get to 300 places, but technically they could, I suppose. And it did lead to Bacchus breaking out rather early in those events. However, there was something to be said for people entering the market. And because Zin was fun and Zin was a bit ruckus, it invited a, 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 a crowd. Now, as the winemaking, as the winemakers in that group got older— that became annoying to them. I totally understand what happened. And now it's a pretty, it's a little, it's a, it's more of a, it's more of an upscale affair. But, but. They
0: want but to I be more can, refined. They want it to be a little bit the, more. But the
2: problem is you're not seeing a lot of new entrants into the winemaking, the, the wine tasting side of it because it's priced itself out of, you know. The entry level. The entry level. You know, a 28-year-old. Who's got their, maybe their, you know a couple years into their first job trying to make it in the Bay Area isn't going to be showing up anymore because they're not going to drop three four hundred bucks for the weekend pass. So I was reading some. So I think in- I think there's a, I think there's a, I I don't know I don't know what the answer is but I do know that we've got to come up with something that creates excitement to bring in that next generation that's probably a little different than where we've headed with as wines gotten more expensive in Napa it's very you know it's gone gone no, to the next level. Sure and it's starting to go that in other places i don't know what we do but i remember that was a that was a positive side of the Bacchus nature of, of Zap back
3: in the it, day. It had, a, it had big open arms that welcomed a lot did. of people in there. Let me give you 30 seconds of perspective. But it perspective. turned quick in those days. I think, I think what we what stole Zap's sort of uh, ability to be that entry level that uh, the Zinfandel is delicious and easy and wonderful is the idea of sideways, which basically did for Santa Barbara Pinot Noir what the Soviet Union did for socialism. We went from feudalism <laughs> to post modernism with no fucking homework, no reading, no care. Everyone showed up and said, give me Pinot Noir. You don't deserve of it, you need to use Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir has always been the end game, right? You start with white zin, you get into some buttery Chardonnay, then you like Chablis blows your mind, then you have a little Cabernet, Syrah, Grenache, and then you're doing all these things, and in the end, you're like, Pinot Noir. Whoa, that 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 end game, right? Pinot Noir became the front game, and it it t- it stole, I think, a lot of ability for people to go through the progression of the varietals and the flavor profile. They try to get all grown up too quick. Yes, we tried to jump. Fuck if know. that is what well I mean, Said it's like it's like I'm just gonna start fucking shooting heroin before I smoke pot. You know, it's like what the fuck is wrong with you? Come on.
0: So let's get into our first wine. Yes, because I'm we wanted to (laughs) if we can blind these good and identify them great but I would love to kind of see where we price wines that was one of the topics that I kind of wanted to touch on and we can just have the rest of the conversation we'll just kind of get through these four wines as we do do but what makes a wine expensive what makes a wine good obviously these are questions that are easy to answer but then kind of like subjective in a way too when you smell this wine obviously I see wax on the top it's hard to blind that it's probably a nice bottle of wine it tastes really good do you feel like you know this is from Wes? Uh,
3: I feel like this is from a warm climate. I feel like uh, this wine uh, was made that ha- it has a little, uh, the aromatics are increased by a little bit of volatile acidity. I would expect this wine to be at least three or four years old. I would expect this to be a 2018 or 2019. My guess is Paso. Uh, and um, as far as a varietal, um, it's nothing that I've made. Um is it Rhone or Bordeaux? Is is the question that I'm playing around? Might with, be a in my blend. Mind. What
0: do you? I need a little bit more to figure this out. Would you hand me the bottle, please? Thank you of so course. much. Uh, Billy Grant, go ahead.
2: I, the, the I think the, the the nose, the volatile acidity, which, you know, in, in in several wines in Paso Robles is, you know, a lot of people say, oh, there's VA. Somebody made a mistake. Somebody, no, not necessarily, right? West? Yeah, it, not necessarily. it elevates. It, it elevates. elevates the aromatics, so, and there are some pretty expensive wines in Paso where that is present, and that's. No, that's just a, that, that, that there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just a, that's something that can be present, so it's showy. Yeah.
0: I guess I guess it's got a couple of years based on the ring around it. I, I can't
3: read through it, so I don't I, think I'm it's sensing,
2: like a. I'm, I don't I'm, think it's
0: like I, a cabra, maybe like a grenache. I, I, I think
3: maybe a little bit of grenache and syrah, dude. If this is grenache I mean, from Paso, I don't know how they I don't know that, that it's color. Paso, though. I don't think you can uh, get that's that. That's why color. I think there's
2: a little bit of syrah in it,
3: okay? Yeah, the syrah would make a lot of sense to do me. You but in a, feel, a, do you, in you
0: feel it's a Passo
3: in a particularly warm year? Um, I mean, it, 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 it could. It there's could ripeness extract,
0: on this as So Let's just. We don't we have to block thing the anything. Crap let's do out it. Here we go.
2: This is oh,
0: quench temper.
2: Quench temper. is it and and, and uh, Grenache.
0: This is the winemaker for what did I just hear about? This is a beautiful wine. Uh, grown in bottle. Quench temper. Templeton. Okay. Templeton. Right.
2: Okay. We well, we'll yeah. So we got the Rhone stuff. stuff. We got the wrong, It's
0: yeah. 50% Syrah, 50% Graciano. Fucking
2: Graciano, <laughs> That's <laughs> that 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 that's that little pinch thing. Yes, mm-hmm. I. Graziano. Interesting. Although that's a pretty tame. That's a that's a pretty tame. Tame Graziano. Adelaide district. Not that primary. Base no. V A S. But there's vintage,
3: a line over the Vintage. Vintage 19. Uh, vintage is 20. Okay. That's surprising. That Passo. was so. And a little bit of American oak. I get a little bit of that sort of um, vanilla, uh, sort of in dill. Just a hint, and and it's it's beautifully integrated. In fact, I would say probably better to have used a little American oak. Uh, as well my guess would be 25 percent american and maybe 75 percent french
2: i gotta tell you the, the the compared to drinking like a straight graziano which i've tried several times out of barrels and i don't know one person actually makes it usually a little bit goes a long way Yep. um i was one of, i think i might have been the first sucker to buy graziano thinking i was buying monastro i did it back in 2006
0: mm. well that's such um, a good story we've told that here with justin like calling the nursery and i mean it's yeah. cra- it's, it's an but, interesting uh, story
2: that's integrated really really well yes, it's, yes. it's not it's not overwhelming the wine which usually a 50% i don't know i guess i just would guess but hey listen depending on where it's grown as we know, it can be a little bit different. I don't know where that's from. I'm I'm
3: totally curious about how this wine's going to age because it already has because of the way it's made. It's very forward and very easy to drink now, and there's some complexity and some and some interesting things about this yeah. wine. And the Graciano was a brilliant, uh, interesting thing. I, I had Sans Liege uh, Graciano uh, when I was up um, tasting up there, and uh, it was so fruity and bright. It was just so primary. I loved it, and uh, I love the fact that the Graciano is is uh, is sort of integrated enough that it wasn't like, damn, there's the Graciano because that's certainly that's how, how it can I go. would have thought it would be. So. That's a great nice. wine,
2: and, bec-
0: and you know what? God bless Jennifer. There there was a price on here, and I don't know if it was sixty two seventy two, but I I. It came off because my thumb got rid of it. Spanish for the quarry, La Cantera, is a fitting name for a wine born from the B A S, is a bass or base vineyards located just a stone's throw from an active quarry. Uh, due to an extreme 2020 California drought, left us with drastically low vineyards, but great intensity on the nose. Aromas toasted oak, vanilla, yada yada yada. Yeast fermentation, non fine unfiltered. Native yeast fermentation. Oh, sorry. native. So yeah, I didn't say that part.
3: Let's 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 go ahead and say feral because we really don't know what a native yeast is. It's it's escaped. So something that's. F- <laughs> <laughs> something floating around your space. Okay, so this yeah. is our second bottle. Love I
0: it. don't know. There, we have no way to put them in any order. Really this one is notes. a little bit
3: darker for sure. Definitely more brambly. Yeah, for sure. got that sure. big brambly sort of uh, reminds me of kind of like that blackberry coulee plus like walking through a desert, you know, a sort of like a chaparral, you kind of smelling like chaparral on a, a warm day.
0: I want to I try and give value to someone listening because when you're listening to blind people taste, it might be tough. But uh, what are some things that you kind of keep in mind when you're trying to blind taste something? If you're ever in a position where you got it, something who someone who knows the control and someone who are like us, we're all just uh, Jennifer Brown bag these What are some things
3: You look at color You look at like
0: the rings That kind of shows Maybe a little
3: age What are some things You look for Wes Geez well first thing I'm going to look at Is the color Because I mean Anything from you know Light straw to purple And opaque is going to Give you a really good goal If I'm seeing If I'm seeing like A a light straw color I'm thinking Sauvignon Blanc If I'm thinking Seeing more of a golden color I'm thinking Chardonnay Um, Barrel treatment If there's a little Golden color in white And then if there If it's a nice light garnet If I'm thinking seeing garnet I'm thinking either Grenache or Pinot Noir if I'm seeing uh, a little bit more sort of a ruby color I'm thinking of a Bordeaux or a Rhone and if I'm thinking seeing opaque I might start thinking petite Syrah I might start thinking of Tanat. I might start thinking of some of the really, really... Deep ones, some of the, deep some of the dark beast, Yeah.
0: Okay, this one, I mean, you can barely read through it. Not quite. It's pretty dark. It's just a little too dark to read through. It's got a little line, but I mean, maybe also 2020, 2021. 20, 20,
3: it's younger, and it's definitely a little bit... Um, definitely uh, brighter um, than the, the first one. I would say that this is a, a young wine. I also think because I'm getting a little bit of um, cigar box, sort of shaved pencil, cigar are not cigar box but sort of like uh earthy cedar, kind of stuff cedar and and graphite i'm thinking this is in the um in the uh bordeaux world you think it's from france no 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 i think you, it's, think, it's a, you think, I think it's a Bordeaux it's, varietal? i think it's cab merlot cab franc Petite verdot maybe you know i don't think yeah anything. i can roll with that what do you think billy grant i think it could be tempranillo I was thinking that just a second ago. I think I it was could be thinking,
2: Tempranillo and mm. but, but blended potentially with a little bit of Syrah and some Petite Syrah.
0: That's what I was wondering we, if it was when a when Tempranillo, I used to the Tempranillo,
2: blend,
3: Tempranillo blend. I used to. I used to plant. A Isn't it a funny right how next you, door.
0: you could think of something and almost be a little bit too. Uh, Ashamed by your palate, or embarrassed to say,
3: I I, I embarrass myself tasting wine. Oh God, I, I gotta shed that all the time. Oh. And I love you guys, but I still thought, like, dude, that, you see year. that
2: movie? You saw him on like the like right like cobblestone, whatever his oh, name Ian is. Oh, Ian Cobble. Talks about, uh, when he did that, when he on the very last tasting, you know. I mean, here is a guy that can nail it most times, and. You know, and, and he just chuckled. He just, like, you know, he missed it by a mile. Yeah, yep. missed it by a so mile. So people do miss it by a
0: mile. Hand me the bag, Wes Hagen. What do we say? Oh, Let's see what I,
3: think... I, I like mm. that idea because I think there is a confectionary character to the wine that is a and little less Cab. Bordeaux than... Yeah, I like that's, that's that what I'm thinking.
2: Unless it's Cab Franken, is that where that where my tongue goes at? Wow, that.
0: you guys are going to be in for this one. It is a 2019... Cabernet Sauvignon, Napa Valley.
3: Wow! Wow! I just like to say that, goddamn, it was not Tempranillo, and I hit it squaw and the nuts. But uh, you know, I did not say Napa. What does that price say on top? Am I reading that right? One hundred and ninety five dollars. There's no way. Oh, dude, no, this is La Serena. You know who makes this wine? Oh, I know La Serena. Heidi Peterson. Oh, this is Heidi. um, Oh, that's Heidi's wine, dude. That's like Screaming Eagle shit right there. Oh, my gosh. She threw in a gem. Look at that. Whoa. You
2: wow. know what? You know, I guess, I, I, here, here's the thing is that, is that as, is you, as you taste the wine, and I'm getting a really nice, pretty, dry, and a, a little bit of a herbaceous thing. And I was, for some reason, I just think there's Tempranillo. I, I guess I, I got a little I'd spice. on little my mind. We do a lot yeah, of sure. Tempranillo and Paso. No, I totally was there with but you. This, you is, a, this it, is a tasty wine. You
0: didn't say It is. Yeah, give me a little splash for that one again. That's a fun
3: one. Oh, uh, it's $195. And now you want more? No, you said it with...
0: And talk about how douchey that is. From, what that is so true, though, are right? You from we, Texas. We, well, no, we hear something that has a either an, an apparent value, or you go, oh, I, I want to be a part of that. You know, you, if you're ever like a nice big uh, bottle share, yeah. You heard, oh, there's a, a blank 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 over there. Right. You're like, oh, I, I must.
3: You know, so it's, here's it's so horrible. I feel embarrassed. Well,
2: can tell you, there's hundred, you know, there's there's hundred dollar bottles that taste that good. But no, you're if, right. I less, if I was lost, if I would, I mean, obviously. There's ninety five dollars of marketing in the price of that wine, but there, but that's what Napa does. I mean, it's the
3: greatest. Well, thank
0: you to wines on Maine, no doubt. That was really yeah, cool for was, me to uh, throw that in there.
3: And I'll say Heidi Peterson Barrett, uh, first time I ever judged wine at L.A. County Fair, she was on the panel with her with her father, uh, Doctor Richard uh, Doctor Richard Peterson, and uh, I said Heidi, I have to admit, I've never judged wine before, and she said that's okay, Wes, you're going to be fine. Just tell us your honest opinion. And the first time I ever judged wine in your position, I was in Germany, and the German wine judges. Told me there's only two wines. There's a wine that's either round or not round, Runt. Oder ich, nicht rund. And if the wine is round, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it tells a story. If it's not round, it's got some weird stuff going on. If it's a round wine, it's a silver or a gold medal. If it's a not round wine, it's a bronze or a non That's all you have to think. Think round or not round. Does it tell a whole story? or This tells a story. That's so, brilliant. This brings back that moment that I got to spend with Heidi Peterson Barrett back when she was making That's awesome. Screaming Eagle. Wow. And so... That's the way I look at wine. It's either round or it's not round. And that simplifies all of these 150 different things we need to think about. Is it complete or is it not complete? Front, middle, back. Is it
2: three humps or is it a two-hump chump? Bam. (laughs) I just tell TG all the time, I go, TG, two-hump chump. (laughs) No I need three way. humps. I need I one of them. I need front, I need middle, and I need back. I need three humps. You know, if I you know, I'm not looking for the quickie at noon or looking for the I w- longer I, I, I action.
3: I remember what? when I was young enough for three humps.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about wine oh,
0: labels do. What what could um, deceive us? What should people look out for on wine labels? Are there keys to look for? I mean, kind of a rando question, but just you know, in the pursuit of you know, deceptive wine labels, what to sort through? Now you Talk about sparkling wine label is a whole nother, It's like a translating a whole different thing. But just even on still wine, what do you think, Wes?
3: I think I've never. I'm so lucky to be able to say this that I've never really had to buy a wine on the label because I've had a level of expertise that if I go into a supermarket, I can go, there's a friend, there's a friend, there's a friend, and I want to buy my friend's wines. Um, but uh, I would say in general, avoid uh, cheap wines with animals on the label. Um, uh, I would say that's a pretty good pretty good goal. And I would look at uh, alcohol levels. I think alcohol levels between 13 and 15 are where my palate lies. I've had wines at 16, that were balanced. I've had wines at 11.3 that were balanced. There's exceptions to all these, of course. Of yes. course. But I, I think the idea is find a label that drives your that drives your imagination, that drives what you love about wine. But really, I, I'm going to go to Henri Jair, who said one of the most brilliant things about wine I've ever read, which was uh, when we drink wine, the fundamental problem is if I put one wine in front of you, Billy, the fundamental question is, do you like it? If I put two wines in front of you, what does the fundamental question become? Which one do you like more? Preference is the hobgoblin <laughs> of wine evaluation. Every wine deserves an hour, delicious things and love. And if you don't have an hour, delicious things and love, a wine is just fermented grape there juice. There you go.
2: Oh. I'd like to. I actually would. I think. I think I'd like to give the La Serena an hour open right now. Oh, I agree, try. dude.
3: I think we're all going to just basically go into a cage match to see who takes that <laughs> fucker home. Yeah.
2: Um that is so good. It's so good. funny that I, I I guess I was so centric on, on Paso and getting this drier herbaceous note, but I just thought it came from I just didn't think I, know. It, I, just, I didn't think it came from Cab because I, I was thinking something different when I was thinking of totally. Cab Paso. I was thinking of something a little more And
0: when I taste people who really do Tempranillo right in that beautiful way that, that almost like Jordan and Epic. Edgar, of course, Tempranillo – I don't know. I kind of got a little of that essence of it. Mm. So, but we were incorrect. You so, were actually right. You called Bordeaux. So good and, job.
3: And by the way, I would love to say that uh, if a uh, hundred ninety-five dollar uh, Napa uh, cab reminds you of a seventy-five dollar uh, Paso temp, let's all just jump in on the. Uh, let's all yeah. basically get bullish. And I, and I bullish think that I think yeah, there, the there you, you, you go. And I got to tell
2: you, I think I think that there there's some cabs in Paso that are starting to go back to basics and have an herbaceous. A little bit, not not too herbaceous, no green pepper by any means, but but tastes like cab. Yeah, like have that yes. cab essence, and uh, and that did remind me of that.
3: And cab uh, but- should taste like cab, and you know cab cab should be a punch in the face. Sauvignon means savage. Sav- Sauvignon means animal. It means like uh, if I say if I put a cab in my in a glass and I put it up to my nose and it doesn't smack me in the face. It's not Cabernet Sauvignon.
0: Before we get into this next wine, simple question, Wes Hagen. Yes. Uh, the price of the pour. Are expensive wines worth it?
3: Yes. Um, I've had I've, the greatest quality to price ratio wine I've ever had. Was, QPR. Was probably a 1995 Domaine de la Romanee Conti at $1,800. Dude. It was. Well, Is
0: I, it just because you're drinking an expensive bottle of wine like the same reason I asked for that? Like, give me another sip of that one. Do you think that's it? it? I play did, into it. I
3: did use my entire ass to taste that wine. Yeah. Right. I mean, when you know it's a t- two thousand dollar wine, you're going to taste it differently than it was a two hundred dollar wine. Actually, let me rephrase that. For 120 uh, euros uh, at my during my uh, honeymoon at the Rotisserie de Chambertin, I had a 1972 Louis Trepay uh, Chapelle Chambertin. That was the first wine that made me cry, and that was the wine that made me want to be a winemaker. It was. It was. It, and it's not like I wanted to make that wine. It was like watching. Uh, Citizen Kane as a, young, as a young filmmaker and saying, my god, that is it. right? I don't want to make Citizen Kane. I just want to make a, a movie like Citizen Kane that will keep me uh, famous for the rest of my life. I didn't want to be necessarily, but when I went back to Clopepi and made our, our first 2000 Cloe Pepe Pinot Noir the year after I tasted that uh, that um, Chapelle Chambertin, it just, the a Grand Cru Burgundy just blew my mind and it gave me the idea of the capacity, the possibility of what wine could be. That wine could do this to my head gave me the idea that that n- n- there's there's no limit to what one can do you cried
0: I did. Tell me how this cried. Is it like just like kind of like you're watching This Is Us, and like a tear comes to your eye, or do you like emote like a hoo hoo hoo? It was. It how was. How does it happen?
3: It was a happy crying, and it was. It was the idea. Like you're just
0: like laughing. Like, oh my God, this wine is so good. And like, it, it just tears come
3: from your it eyes. It was like smoke and mushrooms and fruit and all these things. And the the vineyard. The vineyard is right across the street within. 600 yards of the restaurant, So, and, and the cellar is 300 yards from the restaurant. So the fruit moved 300 yards, and then the wine moved 300 yards, and it stayed there from 1972 to 1999. Wow. And there was just something so special about, about that wine. What is
0: it about wine that only wine... I don't think people – you love beer. You always bring a beer in. Always. You probably brought a beer with you today. Of course. You always bring yeah, beer we, when you come gonna, into the gonna, studio.
2: We're going to cut into that lager here to, after we're done to cleanse our palates. A
0: beer has never made you cry, though. Uh, oh, but a – okay, This don't ruin my point. <laughs> I mean, but what is it about wine that is so special that we talk about coming to table, like breaking open a bottle of wine with three dudes, a, a double date, uh, your partner like what is it about a bottle of wine that is so much more elevated than anything else Why did Jesus turn water into wine and not anything else?
3: Well, it's quantum, right? It's the only quantum beverage It's the only time machine that works. It, it is time place It is time place because you can't have time without a place if I say meet me at noon You're like where meet, you know meet me meet me at remedy when Right, so time place is, is exactly the same thing. So wine is time place, and it's the, it's the only quantum beverage on the planet. Beer is a poem. Beer is a haiku. Wine is a novel. It takes three years: a year to grow, a year to make, and a year to sell, if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so yep. to me, to me, wine uh, is a representation of of nature. It's it's the it's the it's the combination of the of Apollo and Dionysus. Apollo is how we, how we form the universe, how we focus the universe. It's, it's, it's our intention. It's the straight row of vines. It's every vine being four feet a- a- away from each other. It's perfect canopy management. It's picking at the right time. And then it's not only Apollo... But it's Dionysus. It is absolutely open, beautiful understanding of who we are and what we do. And it, it, is, it is releasing ourselves from the Apollo. Apollo makes us do all the things that we need to make a living. Dionysus is what we do to forget all the shit we had to do to make a living. So it's making the living and forgetting the living all at the same time at the exact same moment. And that's, that's, what, that's what makes wine so special to me. And, of course, wine is an investment to keep the people we love at table for an extra hour every night. And, you know, during COVID, two hours, because where the fuck were we going to (laughs) go?
0: Exactly. So this is our last last wine of the four. Thanks so much to Wines on Main. Oh, no Now, that place in Templeton used to be 15C, but Jennifer has taken it over. And in a couple weeks, it's going to be a new the new hotspot. So I'm excited for her. It was super nice for her to just give us wine that we could blind. While we're tasting this, I want to ask about greenwashing the grape. We talked earlier about uh, are expensive wines worth it, the truth about eco-friendly wines. Uh, Let's expose some maybe exaggerated or false environmental claims in the wine business. (laughs) Well,
2: I mean, sustainable. Wes just moved, by the way. You guys can't see him. What well, West, did – I was kind of already in the front of my chair because I'm drinking and I'm getting excited, as, as usual, as I drink more. Adam knows that. <laughs> but West just visibly moved to the front edge of the couch because – Yes, Wes, go. S- go. Sustainable <laughs> Sustainable
3: means nothing. Cap- capital S. I mean, everyone is sustainable, right? Because grapevines and grapes and wine is a sustainable business. It we it don't is. have to put a lot of inputs to create great wine. So there's that. So be very careful of, of listening to sustainable, uh, certified organic, organic, natural, all of these things. Um, drink the wine you love, love the wine you drink, and don't really too, worry too much about the things that are in wine. Uh, it's safe for you to drink. When it comes to just good old grapes. Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, you got you got to drink what you like. I mean, I'm not No, natural wine I, I, is a big term with a million natty wine. definitions. I mean, there's no right? real there's no real definition to right. it. I mean, Mac got it, you know, Mac and I were talking to somebody recently and Mac's like, you know, Billy goes, I guess, you know, but based upon the definition, a lot of the wine we could just say we make natural wine. But we're not we're not never going to not use a little bit of sulfur. Yeah. And, and and the interesting thing about that is a lot of people use very very minimal amounts, just enough but not too much because we're not trying to put a giant prophylactic over, you know, a million cases of wine here to protect. Those are the kind of wines that get people the headaches, get them flushing the cheeks. And they'll go, oh, I drank a wine the other night. It was a little more expensive. I didn't get the headache. Well, that's because that wine probably is a little smaller production, probably had a little bit less sulfur in it and so forth. And that, and that makes a difference. But I'm getting asked a lot about where's this, where are these grapes come from? Sure. I am getting that question on the road. I'm getting, you know, people want to know where their food comes from. They're asking about their wine and they're asking what's in it. I mean, there are people out there trying to get people to change labels and so forth. we're not I'm not I don't think that's necessary, but I do think that if you're going to make a wine in a particular way, it's okay to share the way that you actually do yes. it. And if, if you're you honest. Or, if you're honest and if you're farming organic Yep. Say you're farming organic. Now we've got a whole bunch of vineyards that are farm organic, sure. including our estate. But we don't certify anything. Yeah, and I tell people we're not certified. You we're not going to be.
3: You don't. You don't do it to save the world. You do it to, to make some badass wine. We
2: make it to make bad badass wine. We do it, to, you know, because we think it's important to do regenerative soil techniques, of course, and you know, all those kinds of things. And um, and it just, you know, and but I'm seeing, but I'm seeing a lot of people move towards different practices and finding good results. Even people growing lots of grapes and saying, "Oh, I can do it this way." It happens to be good for my soil. It's making my vines are lasting longer, and my customers like it, so they'll pay the price. So it's a win-win.
0: Wine scores or medals? The 100-point score, getting a good score there.
3: In the market, I think it's a score. I think for me, I think medals. Because if you can get four... People on a panel to agree a um, wine is worth a gold medal, that's a hell of a thing. So if you get four people to agree that you got a gold medal, you get a double gold, say
0: best in class, is that as good as a what from Jeb Dunnick?
3: 95.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm saying mid-90s. I mean- in the old world, 90 was a huge score. Now, I think 95. 95 well, it's funny. Back in the day,
0: have... people would put stickers. Like when I first moved to Paso, like you would see a sticker on a neck that said like 89 points. Yeah. Now, nobody would ever do anything above. Right. Or below 90. Well, there's or 91, definitely 92. been
3: inflation. I mean, yeah, scores, whatever,
2: right? You know, I'm, and then it, it, the problem is, is that it's interesting. I remember the first time I had a food telegraph. Don't remember the vintage, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was 100 point wine. And I'm sure like most of all the initial amazing wines I ever tasted was just roaming around Chris Cherry's restaurant via Creek back in the day. Sure. When there were wines on all the tables and everybody was sharing wine with everybody. And we brought, up, we brought this bottle to the bar and Neil Collins was there and we drank it. And we were, and we were like, okay, so, so so 100, like is that really a thing? Because how do you go beyond it? Because there is no, like we say, there's no end game. So how do you go beyond it? Is it 100 and an asterisk? And remember when Spectator did that for a little bit? Like Nadia Kamenich got the, got the 10. Right. And they're like, what are they going to do? Make an 11 and a 12? Someone will come along and do better, but now they've already maxed it out.
0: It won't so just that, be from that time and place. Like that vintage, yeah. this,
2: uh, the yeah, I think that's kind of a, a thing. So when you, if, if, you, if, if you throw at a bunch of 100 scores, there's anywhere to go. It's it's an it's an interesting concept and then you know, but the perception he's right is scores. I mean people you get a hundred point score, you get a top thingy. I mean, although it doesn't move the needle like it used to. When we got number forty one years ago and we had a picture in the spectator and kind of stuff, me and Chris and Sam, uh <laughs> it moved the needle back then in 2006 i mean what does everybody it take to bought move everything the needle
0: now 95 and 96 i mean we've no, got I think it
2: takes 97 98 98 99 100 to really move the needle i mean when when mac got number 16 in the world last year it, it we sold all that wine and, and, and there was a peripheral noise around it but nothing like before when we did, when, when 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 christian got that score back then everything in the everything we had in our book everybody just wanted to buy yeah and that so, so it, it does move that So I don't know that that is as important as it used to be. I think there's a lot of 95 point score of wines. I mean shit, that $35 CAD that
3: Mac just developed. Yeah. Ninety-five points. I mean, one point. It, it
2: really helps, but I mean, I don't know that it sells the wine. You still got to right. go out and sell the wine. Yeah.
3: And I'll say this, and then we'll look at what we're <laughs> tasting. Uh, any any uh, final comments? By the comments way, on don't bla-
2: don't judge me for my shameless plugs about no, no, my no, mind, so. no. <laughs>
3: there's, <laughs> there's, that's why you're here. And, and, and now I'm, <laughs>
2: but my, you know, you got me thinking about all these cabs and Paso Robles. Because now, now I'm not on the spot. I do have four. I, I, because I just tried one the other night, and it was uh, this new this new label they're doing called Pearl from Santa Margarita Ancient Peaks. Oh, cool! The one was lights out. Mm. It, was under, un, it was under seventy-five. It's a bucks.
0: whole other brand.
2: It's a whole new label design they're doing. But the it's under Ancient things. Peaks. Yes. Oh, I tried. Uh, I have it in my house. It's, it's okay. Beautiful. That, 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 that cab was great. And I think I think we have some examples now. And of it's cabs funny that that's the design because fifty it, and seventy right now in town. That are, that, that are pretty damn good and they ancient are varietally peaks, boom
0: Ancient Peaks always over delivers yeah.
2: that bottle the, the vineyard from,
0: is from any other brand that would be a well over a yeah. $100 bottle and amazing. it drinks like a well over $100 bottle of wine I, okay so this one I'm going to say Saint Joseph I'm
3: going to go ahead and just say that aromatically this is the most interesting wine that I've uh, aromatically yeah. I've, I'm finding the sort of the mineral character in the nose so yeah I'm going I'm going Roan I'm going around 2018
0: 2019 I'm going to 2019 Saint
3: Joseph
2: I, yeah, I think it's fairly Young and I think it's, I said uh, Gigonda, so I'm just gonna, no. It's I think not. it's a little further. I, I think it's further north, but it isn't. Oh shoot! Is it's it? To, Lo- it's a, no. Is it Loire? Is it? Is it Cap fucking Franck? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a not. What? It is not From Uruguay. Oh shoot! All right. Well, that you know what that doesn't necessarily not play with where we were going. We were in the wrong continent. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun to not be good at this, but That's what a fun be- wine. What a beautiful wine. Yeah, this Tanat from Uruguay. What's the cost? What's the price? I mean, uh, what's- let's see if I didn't rub it off the thing. You know what? Because the bags were on the top. Yeah. It's all good. When you take it down, like, literally the price, it was on like a little, it was like a dry erase marker on the glass.
3: <sighs> really pretty. I, you, I,
2: know I, like gonna, you know what? I'm going when to, you know, when I see Jen, I've never met Jen. But this is my introduction to her.
3: Yeah. These are great ones. These are great ones.
2: She uh, she she did a great job, but I'm going to just say, and really, you decided. I mean, she's to blame for this. <laughs> <laughs> she's to blame. And she, I will remind her of that.
3: That's what we want. Um,
2: because throwing a Tanat in the lineup is not something – that's I don't remember the last time I had it tonight from Uruguay. Do you remember? No.
3: And, and uh, the aromatics, I, I, I want to know whether these aromatics are, are sort of more terroir-driven or more varietal-driven. they got to be terroir-driven because
2: we grow tonight here. I got barrels of it over at Janelle's, and this doesn't remind me of what I'm drinking over at Janelle's. I'll tell you, it is terroir-driven. That's rad.
0: It's it's a really cool wine. I got to thank Jennifer over at the new Wines on Main. This place is uh, they obviously got some great stuff. We had, go through these wines, the ones that are over there. I got this Quench and Temper. I forgot he's the winemaker for somewhere that we all know of, and I just don't remember his name right now, but this Quench and Temper was a beautiful wine. At right, straight out of Templeton, and it was a Syrah and Graciano 2020. Uh, of course, we just had this Tanat Reserva 2019. Wasn't there a 2016?
3: 2019 Cabernet Sauvignon Napa Valley from La Serena.
0: And then there was a 2016, 20s, Rioja.
3: 2016 Ramirez de la Piscina, something about fish. Uh, Gran Reserva 2016 uh, from Bodegas Ramirez. Rioja. These were some is Rioja fun okay. wines. That was that was a fun little. That, <clears throat> I I felt it was totally fair. I'll be honest with you. We drank significantly better
2: than I thought we were going to. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'll take it.
2: I didn't no, expect because to I no, because I anyone. actually I, I I just figured when you told me the nature of the, the wines and to grab them and da 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 da. I was thinking, oh, these wines will be twenty five to thirty five dollars. I don't think
3: anything. Did was you pay less for these?
0: No, no, this was just uh, the niceness out of uh, Jennifer from Wines on Main. i say. I know, this was really sweet of her. So, uh, when you are visiting the area next time you listen to the podcast, you come in. When's she opening? Check out just, I mean, a couple weeks from when this publishes. So, I mean, pretty soon. So, cool. go check out Wines on Main. They're in Templeton, down the drag. There's a lot of fun stuff going on in Templeton. So. Ooh, You've written th- uh, four different AVAs. That's correct. Uh, Ballard Canyon, Happy Canyon, Santa Rita Hills, which is probably the most, like, the star of what you've been a part of. Totally. But then also, what, Aliso
3: Viejo? Aliso's Canyon. Aliso's
0: Canyon. I'm sorry. Right,
3: right. Sort of uh, in, sort of out by Los Alamos. What is Aliso Viejo? Is that a city in Southern California? Aliso yeah. Viejo is where I lived one exactly. summer in SoCal. college. Is that Okay, Kyle. South Ocean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. This man, I must have heard on KTLA good, on the news or something. Good Mexican food, beautiful women. Aliso's Canyon. Uh, Aliso <laughs> Viejo. Aliso Viejo. Yeah. So you've written four different. Will you ever write another AVA? Well, if yeah, I mean, sure. If I'm passionate about it, I've always, I've always been um, uh, teased with whether I'm going to write the Santa Catalina Island uh, AVA for you know uh, for the Russack family because they have a vineyard out there and they're producing Zinfandel oh. and some other grape varieties on Catalina. Zinfandel on Catalina. Yeah. What? They, have to, they, 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 they sometimes they, have to bring the water by helicopter. Shut up. Did I'm they, not is, it, is it trellis or is it head pruned? What is it? I have no idea. I just know that. Uh, Je- Catalina Jeff, Wine, Jeff yes, uh, Rusak, uh contacted me and said we're thinking about putting an AVA around this island. I said that is going to be the easiest. He's got AVA. good re- name recognition, man, because he's
2: on a lot of license plates.
3: What does it take to get West <laughs> Hagen to write your AVA? Do, you, do we need to pay you seventy-five grand? Yeah, yeah, probably. And then what? But you know, I'd probably go fifty grand for uh, uh, for Catalina because I would say North Water. East water, west water, south water, Pacific Ocean. There's an island there. Give us an AVA. It's geographically unique, and you can't prove it because it's dry land coming out of the Pacific Ocean. So it would be a very,
2: very it, easy AVA to write. It it it's obviously completely unique. Yeah. You think about all the you think about the AVAs all the way up and down the Napa Valley, right? Several of which are kind of side by side, and I don't know about what you think, but is a little bit not, not a little bit dissimilar. Hmm. I mean, or, you know, they're not, they're not, they're, they're similar. I mean, they're kind of, you know, and then, but then you get up in the hills, obviously get really, really different. I like when Paso did theirs, everybody chipped in three to five grand back in the day. I can't remember what year we all, you know, and and I, I I was new to the business then. And so, and it was all this old East versus West thing, yada, yada, yada. But I remember when everything all came to fruition and they did all their stuff and Davis went away and did their thing and they came back and, and if I, Wes, you may recall this. I think one of the first few sentences that Davis mentioned when they, when they said, "Okay, so, firstly, we may surprise you by saying that your your Appalachian differs signi- a little more significantly north to south than it actually does east to west," mm. and that was kind of the beginning of it, and that kind of ended the whole you know, Tupac Biggie, call, uh, yeah, it did. It did, which is great because back in in 2004, 5, 6, 7 and 8 you heard about it all the time when you're on the road. Are you east side or are you west side? Mm. You don't really hear that anymore. It was yeah. little it was literally great wines was coming happening from all over too. the Appalachian. There's great so wines true. coming from all over the Appalachian, and and that that that, that was that, it because had powerful kind of figures, Was
0: it because we had powerful figures on each side of the 101 or was it because <laughs> we had
2: no other well, Parker reason? was blowing up the wines on on the west side of them in the moment. Yeah. Right? And I think that's what kind of got it going. At least that's why people, I think, asked us about it when we were traveling. Yeah. And so now and now they don't anymore at all.
0: No, now we've got eleven sub AVAs and different microclimates and soils and
2: even yeah. our vineyards on the even the one of our one of our most prized vineyards we have right now that we're doing six different Bordeaux varietals out there. We just planted the seventh Bordeaux varietal, extinct in Saint-Macaire, in. Bordeaux for a hundred years, only four acres of this planet over there. Jerry Lohr brought it back to Paso. They found that up in Sonoma and those, when they were looking in all those vines that weren't what they thought it was. And uh, we just planted three acres of that out there. That vineyard is out east, but it's still, it, on, the, on that one, it, it ranges like 1,100 to 1,300 feet out wow. there. So you still have, there's lots of variation in the climate, east and west and north and south. And I think that all those different things make the grapes interesting. I
3: think I think one thing that makes both Paso and Santa Barbara so special is find your region, find your AVA. There's we've got everything for you. We got Happy Canyon to Santa Maria uh, Santa Maria Valley, Santa Rita Hills, cool climate, warm climate, alta Mesa. in the middle.
2: Way the hell up there!
3: Absolutely, and we, then, made, we brought some Cab out of there. Met Mac did. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but man, it tastes good. Yeah. I mean, see, the problem is, I mean, what's sort of sexy sometimes is like Rutherford dust and Cabernet because you get it. It's one thing. But then when you talk about the diversity of Paso and the diversity of Santa Barbara County, it confounds a lot of people. And a lot of people are like, I don't know what to make of Santa Barbara. I don't know what to make of Paso because there's 11 AVA's or seven AVA's. And it's it's, it's, it's very complicated because it's not just about Cab and Chardonnay. It's about a lot of different things. So this is a place to experience. And the thing is, is if you can understand Santa Barbara, if you can understand Paso, you're going to take a wine journey that by the end of that wine journey, you're going to land someplace that you can taste any wine in the world and make very important determinations about, do you like the wine? Do you not like the wine stylistically? How does it change? So I think you can, you know, everything you ever need to know about wine can be learned on the Central Coast between Paso Robles and Santa Barbara County.
2: 64 varietals in Paso. When you say that, people just... Freak. That's they crazy. Freak yeah. I and, I, like and then 45. when I say from, from Vermentino to Cabernet Sauvignon, they're going, Vermentino came over from Chateau as, as role, obviously. Yeah. Um, But it's like, it, people go, wow. And then I, and then, and, and what I, what I start the conversation with now I just said, anyone ever hear of the San Andreas Fault? Yeah. And I'm always in a place where somebody makes a joke about, oh, you're in California, there's going to be an earthquake, you're going to be an island, or you're going to be underwater, Atlantis. And I go, I go, no, we, we will. That's us. That's where we live. That line goes right from San Francisco, goes just a bit inland, and most of the Santa Barbara fruit that we have is just on this side of that of that line. Yep. All of the Paso stuff is. And I said, we will be that island or that Atlantis, because we are on the Pacific plate. Yep. They are on the North American plate. Damn that right, is the difference. Damn right. And here's a piece of shale and there and, and, and this is what we yeah. deal with mostly down here. Not not all, but I mean there's four or five different types of soil, but that's a big part of it. Yeah. And so and and that in 5 minutes I can get a visual across and I can get a sense of place across to people and they go, "Oh, well that makes sense that that would be
3: a pretty different place to grow grapes." And then you go on from there. Yeah. No, it's an amazing thing to grow grapes in California. It's like any time I I think it's difficult. I look at the weather in Bordeaux or Burgundy and say, Oh, I know everything's okay. Or yeah. or or Oregon for that matter. This so, has
0: been so much fun. I do got to say the quench and temper. This is Brennan Stover. He's the viticulturist for Turley. Oh, their longest okay. their longest employee. Okay,
2: you know how embarrassing that is because I. Yes, I know this one. You know Brennan? oh you know Brennan? He's your god. I would've I would have made it I would have made it more on time today, but as I was driving out of the vineyard, Brennan was walking through the vineyard with four bags of juicy fruit. No bags, way, oh my god! And we were gosh. hanging out talking and uh, That's a trip uh, And uh, we were talking about uh, where Harvest is at And what's going on And yada yada, you know, the usual stuff And uh, he's in the vineyard all the time with us, of course And, and he's and, You know, Janelle was a turly-girly back in the day Sure yeah. Turly-girly yeah. I love and, that uh, well, Yeah, friends a great guys, makes great wine
0: This was fun This has been such a blast And I only wish I had more time I mean, I would love to get the two of you guys oh, back again This was
2: great it. Bring it. And I, oh. What? What, what are you going to say? I can't wait to talk to him about the fact that we drank this wine today. Oh, good. Yeah. We're going to do a rock, paper, scissors three way. Okay.
0: And then the winner is going to pick the wine that they take with them today. Okay. All right. We do one, two, three, shoot.
3: One one, one two, two, two three, three four. Shoot. Yeah. Yes. So you okay. shoot on okay. four. Okay.
0: One, two, three, shoot. Okay. So I beat Wes, but Billy beats me.
2: I'll- I would like to pick third because. I actually really enjoyed all these wines today. Okay, I, me too. The uniqueness of that fucking tonight I'm going to was something totally was different. so good, I know. That'll it, all day. I love that. The quenching temper I mean, was good. i I've had I, I I drank myself to death in Napa before I came to Paso. I'm going for twenty an, years.
0: I'm going to an industry so thing okay, without people that. at Lacrocecia. The new crew at Lacrocecia, like the new
2: ownership. I'm, go, I'm there. I'm, I, take, got a, I got a six thirty. The Serena, there. Well, you're, go, you're, you're going up the there. You're going, Wait, wait, wait. You're going up to La right now. I got a six thirty there. I'm doing the Me new too. thing. I'm, we're doing the opening thing. That's what
3: I'm going to. You can't right. go there. I'm going uh, there. Take the Serena. <laughs> we're bringing the, it Looks like Bill and I are to the same place. You want to take the Tempranillo? I'm going to take the Tempranillo. Okay, perfect. I'll figure it out. I love you guys. Thank you. What hey, hey, hey th- thanks for sharing that, brother. Uh, hey, of course. I'm, I hope you enjoy
0: West it. Wes Hagen, um, give people a little bit of a Quick website, or where, how can they get a hold
3: of uh, it? Wes at uh, WesWines at, at uh, gmail.com, WesWines at gmail.com, or Native9.com. Oh,
0: rare air. I love yeah. my boy Wes Hagen. Billy sucked. McPricemyers.com,
2: M-Y-E-R-S. Oh, McPricemyers.com. Right. When I tell people his name is McPrice, they're just like, first of all, they go, so, are you Myers or McPrice? I mean, yeah, that's right one guy. <laughs> and we're not a law firm; we're a winery.
0: I know it sounds like Jacoby and Myers, right, from back in the day.
2: <laughs> I, 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 wish back was because you, know, you know McPrice Myers got, he's got 10 me ten different Santa Barbara vineyards, and he knows he knows everything that Wes has been doing down Do remember there. Remember that commercial? McPrice, he loves those wines. McPrice
0: Myers got me two point one million. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cheers, guys. Love you guys very much. Cheers. <laughs>
1: give me that.
0: Thank you so, so much, Billy Grant, Wes Hagen. They, I don't think they had met like that, if at all. They both really enjoyed each other. Super fun. Isn't Wes something? Oh, Billy's great too. I just love those two guys. Having them together was so much fun. You know, talk about pairing like food and wine or or like last episode, it was wine and music. But when you pair two different kinds of people together, and you might do this with a couple, you may go, oh, let's get this couple with that couple. Or you just get, in this case, two different guys who I individually really love and respect, but now I got them together and that dynamic of conversation, or as Wes calls it, coming to table that was something special. If you enjoy that half as much as I did, I'll stay grateful. All right, right into our Travel Paso Spotlight. Check out TravelPaso.com. Today, we're talking to J.D. Gonzalez. He is the co-founder, co-owner of Third Wheel Tours. He is on the phone with me right now. What is going on, J.D.? How's it going? Great to talk to you.
4: Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. Appreciate it.
0: So Third World Third,
4: <laughs> third World no, no. Tours. Third World is where I'm from. Third Wheel. <laughs> Oh my yeah, god, that is so world. good!
0: <laughs> All right, let me, oh my gosh, third world tours. Can you imagine? That's your next adventure. That's your next uh, enterprise. Next
4: time, we'll uh, next time we'll bring the real jeepneys here. I'm not sure if you've heard of them before, but uh, our transportation Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I want to know like what the heck's going on? <laughs> right,
0: I know a uh, third wheel tours. Uh, thirdwheeltours.com is the website. JD, I really enjoyed meeting you a couple days ago on the phone you got a really interesting story and really it all boils down to hospitality because this is in your blood tell me a little bit about how third wheeled tours became a thing
4: yeah so uh i was born in philippines growing up our common modes of transportation is our motorcycle sidecar in philippines and uh i just remember uh riding those sidecars, cars we've been in and out of si- uh traffic and the exhilarating feeling just being a sidecar You know, hospitality, being Filipino is pretty much ingrained in my DNA. And I just wanted to find a way to combine both of my culture and my love and passion for motorcycles and create a unique way for uh, transportation and tourism.
0: I feel like you would see these a lot more before, like in old movies. But the third wheel, these little third wheel sidecars, they're so fascinating. And they're, they're so much fun if you've ever been in one. And that's where it all came from for you.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, you've seen them in older films like, you know, uh World War I, World War II, they were used. Uh common uh, motorcycles used back then are Urales. You actually find them a lot in Cuba. Um but yeah, they're 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 not common in North America. I think they, mainly because of the freeways. But um I've found a way to pretty much try to reintroduce that to North America by uh, purchasing one of those Royal Enfield 650 INTs. And, uh, the sidecars are uh, a little bit unique because they're one of the few in the world that actually sits two people. They're a tandem sitter. So, uh, you and your partner, you and your friends can come out and ride together rather than just being on a sidecar and the other person in the back seat, you know? Right. Behind the driver. So you guys can both experience being, uh, the feeling of being in a sidecar. So,
0: it's almost like kind of like riding the log ride or Splash Mountain. Like, I'm sitting in the back, and then, like, say, like, my fiance sits right kind of into me, we're kind of layered in there.
4: Yeah, exactly. And the only thing that sucks about it is the person sitting in front. You know, they catch all the bugs, <laughs> but it's all fun and games. They, they, they enjoy it. Sometimes their guests kind of switch, you know, oh, I want to sit in the front seat or I want to sit in the back. Right. So, yeah. How fast do you go? Mainly our vineyard tours, we go about 10 miles an hour, you know, a that, you know, maybe a little less because, you know, you don't want dust flying out. So oh, sure. It's pretty slow. It's a nice little cruise. But some of the tours that we offer are off the property, and we kind of have to go with a speed limit. But the beautiful thing about Paso Robles is there's all the windy roads and the scenic Drive. Oh, um, yeah. The back wine country, and that's something really special. We go about 25 to 30 miles an hour, but we really take our time because there's no cars you know there's no traffic in the back in the wine country
0: okay so you like built these
4: yeah so um our family actually uh we we own a small little manufacturing down in mexico and i had this idea just a while back you know about a year and a half ago i said hey you know i want to do a sidecar you know put together a sidecar with with a motorcycle and use it as a tour so i've designed the thing The whole you know we took the chassis from the older you're and look pretty much to Matterhorn, you know, those log rides or uh, other sidecars model and try to make it weight where it sits two people comfortably.
0: Really, uh, adults of any size, you know, you could be six foot five, you could be, you know what I mean? Like you, you got a lot of, you, know, you could put a lot of different people on here.
4: Yeah, we've we've tested it for sure. We've designed it where, you know, it's pretty comfortable for, uh, for people who is tall or, or, you know, for weight management wise, it's pretty, you know, we got some good shocks in there and Actually, we've done a lot of races in Baja uh, uh, in the motorcycles, so we've got some experience in dirt roads and gravel, and wanted to take that experience and try to like take it to this new design that we build. And again, we're not going 80 miles an hour right. in Baja; you know, we're out in the wine country on a nice cruise on your you know your anniversary. So they're designed pretty well. And again, this is our first fleet that we build. We have five of them. We got five more coming by the end of the year. Dang, they're really unique. Uh, they're originally built on a metal, but now I wanted to reduce the weight more. So all the, the the tub itself it's now made completely fiberglass. So uh, it took some some time to design them and and you know some some work, but uh, I think we're coming close to perfection. It's never perfect, but we're always improving it. You know, <laughs> but we're pretty close.
0: Different types of tours. I mean, you offer three, four, five different types of tours to really kind of curate your own experience.
4: Yeah, we wanted to tailor this where it's, you know, family-oriented, not just 100% focus on wine, so people might not be drinking wine, we can take you in downtown Paso and kind of share a little bit more of the history of Paso. It's It's really fascinating how we got all started, you know, the uh, why Paso was called Paso because of the oak tree and and so forth, and Pine Street Saloon. There's a lot of history there, right? But then we take you to where why people really come to Paso, which is wine. We go from our first tour, which is Taste of Cass. You guys got to visit those uh, Cass wineries. They're amazing people. Steve Cass and Sean, that just do a really well job in their operations and their culture there. Yeah, we love Uh, Cass for sure. Yeah. So a taste of Cast is pretty much, we take you on the property, it's 125 acres. We do a viticulture experience where we talk about the wine growing, the different climates and the different varietals that grow it on Cass' property, estate wine, and then we take you back to the tasting room where you can actually enjoy and kind of feel the air around the bottle, right? It's not just about the taste of wine, but the whole experience in the bottle. Um, that's our Taste of Cast experience. And then uh, our other tours which we take we work with different wineries, uh, from Stillwater, Scoptera, uh Rasmussen, um, you know, we do a little wine trail. So you could like and bop then, around uh, to a different, a few of them, yeah.
0: In the course of an yeah. after, oh, over a couple hours, cool. And then what's this like date night romántico one? I like this one.
4: You know what? I think Adam, this is actually we're gonna, uh, or can we say this live? Because your girlfriend might. I'm not sure. It's a surprise. <laughs> if she hears, she knows it's all good. This is what we're really excited about. It's uh it's wine country after hours. So pretty much after 4 p.m., a lot of the wineries in in wine country shuts down or closes down, and. We wanted to kind of extend that experience, so what we call this thing, uh, Sean is actually came up with his name, it's called the Wine Country After Hours, and where we take you on the pro you know, give you a little bit of culture experience and take you on a nice little picnic setup underneath the oak tree and let you guys just enjoy a bottle of wine and charcuterie. There's no crowd, it's just you and your partner or you and your your group of friends uh, it's a beautiful experience. Sunsets coming down, and you know you're just listening to the noise, all the birds, and you know we have a nice charcuterie board, bottle of wine, and so, I mean, we even have board games there, like you know cards. Kind of gets to know a little bit more of your uh, your partner, whoever you're bringing. That's
0: so cool! What a great idea! Yeah. Third Wheel Tours, ThirdWheelTours.com is the website. You can follow them on your socials at Third Wheel Tours. I imagine you must have some really funny stories from taking yes. people out, things going down. <laughs> share share one or two with me.
4: Oh, going down, yeah. So uh, a while ago, you asked how fast we're going on a, on a motorcycle, right? And, you know, sometimes after visiting two to three different wineries, you know, we get a little loose, and, um, <laughs> you know, the wind's kind of like in your face. And, you know, you know, Paso Robles' uh, climate's very unpredictable. You can get some really hot summer days or some really windy days. And picking back from what you said, coming off, <laughs> uh, you know, you gotta just make sure you dress appropriately when you come in on this tour because things might fall off, and you might people you might see things that you don't want people to see. Oh no, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, so that, that happened, <laughs> and you know, try to try to put those things back. While riding on a sidecar, it's a, it's a quite challenging. So we're know, talking about like like face, like a so. shirt a shirt
0: coming up <laughs> yeah. or like a, a like a someone's dress coming up. Like what happened?
4: Yeah, someone's dress completely came off. Oh my god! Yeah, so I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> the drive I'm sure, from what I heard, the drivers try to stay focused. You know, like try to focus on the you know on the road. Of but, course. You know, also try to instruct her how to you know help her to put the dress. It's is quite. Uh, it's you know it's a quite scenic ride
0: <laughs> that is yeah, indeed
4: i guess you just got to come out there and 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 do a tour with us we got a lot of cool stuff to share and that all you know the tour is not only about just the wineries right or right. going on a ride but really what we're focusing on our culture is about the whole thing is a third wheel creating that most unique and fun experience that you guys will remember for a lifetime besides the novelty of the motorcycles besides anything else it's just we wanted to find a way to, you know, going back to introducing that exhilarating feeling being on a sidecar, right? But most importantly, is just making sure that when they come and visit us is that they feel that they are a part of our culture. They're a part of the experience, That's something that they will take home with them and share with the families. Because I still remember the guy that I did a tour with in, um, in Bali on the back of the moped, and we just toured around for, you know, for the whole day, just zooming in and out of like little street jungles of, you know, some street foods and, and temples and those kind of things. And I wanted to find a way to bring that in Paso.
0: That's so cool. We got JD Gonzalez. Uh, you did this yeah. with your, you did this with your buddies from San Diego, right? These are your college buddies?
4: Yeah. Yeah. So um, AJ, buddy of mine and Isaac is who is our operations manager. He, they, you know, it kind of pitch him this idea, say, hey, you know what, let's pack our bags and, and let's go to Paso. And <laughs> I think Paso is a really, you know, a unique and, and cool town to, to do what we're looking to do. Uh, and we pretty much just had a flag and stake it here and hopefully to grow within the community.
0: I love it. I want people to check out com. Also, follow them on your socials at ThirdWheelTours. Uh, J.D. Gonzalez is uh, the co-founder, co-owner, and man, I can't wait to get on one of these with you. I know we're going to come out next week, so I am super stoked. It's going to be a fun time, my man.
4: Thank you so much for having me, Adam. I appreciate it for what you do.
0: Thanks, my man. J.D. Gonzalez right there. You can tell that guy's got a heart for hospitality. I like him a lot. JD Gonzalez, thirdwheeltours.com. I'll report back and let you know how my uh, tour next week goes. And I hope you get a chance to at least just follow him on socials and check out what these bikes look like. Again, thirdwheeltours.com and on your socials at Third Wheel Tours. Wow, what a show. As Harvest continues on, it is Harvest Wine Month. No doubt your favorite winery is doing something special and big. It's a great time to discover new wineries, use that brand new Paso Wine app. It's completely free. It's at your fingertips, in your app store, and use it. If you're coming into town, you're going to be in Paso Wine country. Oh, what's open Thursdays? That does live music. That's pet friendly. Tick, 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 search, boom. They all come up. So the filters on that are just magical. I really love the new Paso Wine app. Don't you love an app where it doesn't say like in-app purchases? There's no upselling. Just get the free app. And all the resources are, boom, right there on your smartphone. Thanks to Travel Paso for the Travel Paso Spotlight. Before your next visit, make sure you visit TravelPaso.com. Of course, uh, before your next trip, log on to PasoWine.com. Also follow on your socials, PasoWine, at PasoWine. Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson and Paso Wine, associate producer and fulfillment, thanks to Jamie Guzman. The podcast recorded, edited, produced by yours truly. Love the original music. Thanks to Moonshiner Collective, the song Good Company, and all their music available wherever you stream your music. And you can learn more about them MoonshinerCollective.com. Technical consideration and equipment transport provided by our friends from Fly With Wine. Next time you are cruising the Central Coast, you can tune me in on your radio. My morning show, weekday mornings, the Crush 92.5s up in Adam in the morning. Heard six to 10 weekdays, and we're streaming online, Crush with a K, Crush925.com. We also have a free app in your smartphone. Just search for Crush, again with a K, Crush 92.5. Follow me on your socials, Instagram at Adam on the air. You can also learn more. I've been giving some good feedback at adamonteal.com. There's a page there you can write in any questions, any suggestions. I've been really appreciating folks writing in. So you can visit adamonteal.com to reach out. Again, don't forget to subscribe, rate five stars, and review the podcast if you can. Share it with a friend. It means so, so much. Got some really fun ideas for the next couple episodes as Harvest is in full swing. Make sure you come out and enjoy the sights, the smells, the sounds of harvest. Everybody's in a good mood. They are working hard, but you know when you are looking in the eyes and at the face of someone who just loves what they do. Until next time, thanks for connecting with us here. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. I encourage you to do just as Wes said in this episode. Use that next bottle you open to keep someone you love at table for an extra hour. Learning for endless laughs, endless discovery, unforgettable stories, and that magic. It lives in every port. Enjoy those sips, those laughs, those stories. Enjoy precisely where it is wherever you wind up when you find out where wine takes you. Give
1: me that ball sound we we'll get by, we'll out till the job is Can't in the will simplify the company Give me that bone we'll get we'll out till the job is Can't in the Jesus will simplify the company Give me that moon. Shine, will get by, we pass on round till the jar is dropped Camped out in the cheesy world, simplify, i fine, good company Give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass on round till the jar is dropped Camped out in the cheesy world, simplify, i fine, good company